This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tecova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovas.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. Working class on DeerCast, we are back this week with Clint Casper, just me and Clint. It's almost like the CC Hum files, but only on DeerCast. It really is. I on this on this series, I got to clean myself up just a wee little bit. Yeah, just a little bit. But that's okay. Just a little bit. That's good for us. It's like practicing for real life. You know, it really is. You can't really just is. be like a reckless sob all the time. I can't act like I'm talking to Devin 24-7, where it's right. just F this and do and do that. You know what I mean? It is good for me to, like, not cuss on a podcast every now and again. It's good practice. Like, it is good. I'm doing a good. radio interview, I don't know, uh, with Dan. Um, I don't know. It's end of July, I think, we're going to be on. And uh, so he's like, you can, you can not cuss for an episode, right? I'm like, yeah, we're good. It's I'll kind try. of funny. Yeah, I'll try. But this episode, let's get right into it. Um, first of all, I think I'm wearing blaze a blaze orange hat on a podcast for the first time, maybe ever. Let's um, figure I'd switch it up. But anyway, we're talking on this one, mule deer versus whitetails. And this uh, topic kind of got brought up between you and I in a phone conversation like a few days ago. I'm like, well, there's an episode. That'd be fun to just talk about. So everyone that's listening or tuning in, are, do you – are you gonna you gotta pick a side here? Are you with me, Kurt, or are you gonna side with Clint on this episode? So we need we're gonna keep a tally and you let us know in the comments wherever you've listened about what Deercast or Instagram or whatever. Whose side are you on? And we're gonna you get can't, it. Change, can't change ever. Like once you pick, you're you're there. That, yeah, that's it. None of this. Oh well, it's two C's. I meant Clint, but I I mean Kurt, but I said Clint. No, it's it's you're either. Clint mule deer or your curtain whitetails. That's where it's at. So, okay. So there, there it is. That's the start of this conversation. 
is we were talking you're like man i just i think uh white tails have taken a back seat to my mule deer obsession where yeah. it's like i understand that i get like mm -hmm. your point uh but there's no place like coming home and hunting white tails like in the midwest mm -hmm. that's my argument like don't get me wrong if i can hunt muleys every year right. yeah i'll go and i like that i'm not saying i dislike mule deer but nothing right. beats big midwestern whitetail at home on your home court except for a big velvet mule deer in colorado high country besides that nothing else beats them yeah but like you'd rather kill <laughs> you'd rather kill a 170 velvet mule deer versus a hardhorn 170 whitetail all day really all day i mean i get it they're both cool like they're both 170 inch yeah. deer, right and they're different in their right. own special ways like i'll take both right i'll have both that would be oh if if I have that option, I'll take both. Yes. But for the sake of conversation, it's not an option. You get one or one or the other for eternity. And I'm you're taking muleys. Really? I'm taking if I can only hunt one deer, I'm taking mule deer. Yeah, I can't I, I can't get on board. I get it. So make your case. Why? Why are you a mule deer guy over a whitetail guy in that instance? For me, it's simple. Um, I like the adventure and I like where mule deer take me. You know, like, um, not saying that I can't go hunt whitetails in different places of the world, but like pretty much the Midwest, you know, that's, that's the whitetail, like Mecca, yeah. you know, I mean, you got your Iowa's, your Ohio, your Illinois, Wisconsin, you know, Indiana, Missouri, Kansas, you know, yeah, I mean, each of them is a little bit different, but I mean, it's a very similar, you know, like, yes, there's adventure in that hundred percent. But for me, with mule deer, it's just there's more, there's more adventure, and it's like every time I go hunt them, it's typically in a different place, a different unit. It's a different type of quote unquote adventure for me. Like I never really know for sure because most of these places I've never been, I'm, I'll probably never be back at. You mm -hmm. know, I mean, I don't, I haven't hunted the same unit twice yet in Colorado, for example. Um, so like for me, Colorado high country mule deer, I mean, that's, that's the top of my list, you know, just because of what it entails. Like I've got to train mentally and physically so hard. It's, it's gotta be a lifestyle. You know what I mean? Like, it's not just, I'm going to shoot a month before season or yeah, I'll go to the gym a couple times before I hit like, you know, and I'll be fine. Like it's a lifestyle. It's a lifestyle. But I like that. I like january february to be in the gym knowing that i gotta hustle right now if i want to be able to be at my peak come august 20th for utah or september yeah. 2nd for so it's kind of like now so are you so are, are you more in love with the process of mule deer hunting or are you more in love with mule deer over whitetail well i haven't i haven't quite got to that yet but yes the process is a big one for me i love the process and I love the danger factor that mule deer give. I like. So let's stop right here before you get too far into that. So you yes. like where mule deer take you and you like yeah. the preparation that needs to come yes. in. I yes. get that. Like that yep. is cool. And I think I'm going to have a lot of, so here's where the argument is going to be invalid for a lot of people. Uh, in my sake, for my case of uh, I'm picking team white tail, your team muley on this yep. podcast, just you know, and maybe we not we might not believe that fully, but for the sake and fun of this right, conversation right, and the right. viewers, listeners, um, if you have never killed a mule deer, you can't side with Clint because 
you're going off imagination. Yeah. So. Yeah. And, and, and I do not want, I feel like in articles and in posts and even on podcasts, sometimes mule deer hunting in the high country, like what I'm talking about, what I love to do, like in Colorado, it's romanticized. Mm -hmm. Like, it's cool. Let me be very, let me be very clear on this statement. It is 99% a suck fest and you've got to love that to enjoy hunting mule deer. I like that. Like mm -hmm. I'm in love with that. I'm in love with seeing, okay, dude, you think you're tough. You think you're mentally ready for it. You think you're a badass. You, you want to call yourself, uh, you know, a go getter, whatever, dude, the mountain is the equalizer. Like where mule deer live, they don't care what your name is, how many followers you got, how much money you make. They don't give a shit. Like it is, that is the equalizer. The mountains, the equalizer, the high country's the equalizer. You're going to deal with lightning. So like, yes, what it entails, it's like a title fight. That's how I always describe it. That's my yeah. UFC title fight every year. I think about that every single day, every day. So let's, let me throw this at you then. What about like a Nebraska mule deer? Like where, I mean, it can still be hilly. The terrain can still vary there, but a, a non high country mule deer. Does not that still not the same now, mule deer? I'll, I'll be honest with you. I don't have much of a desire to go there and hunt mule deer. Okay. Like so I, you're, I'm, you're, you're, we're talking high country mule deer versus Midwestern whitetail right now. That's the debate as well. I mean, I love the look of mule deer more than I love the look of whitetail. Interesting. Okay. Let me make my, before we go into that, we're jumping ahead. So my case is you like where yes. mule deer take you. I get the adventure. Yep. It's yep. romantic. It's sexy. It's cool. But all right. On the other turn, here's my uh, debate to that. And like, I agree with you, but for the sake, again, the sake of this fun. Well, yeah, we're both going to agree on these points, for, but for the but sake, for the sake of the podcast, you're yeah. wrong. And, right. <laughs> um, I love where whitetails bring you because it makes you scratch your head and think about different equations on your home turf. So when you yep. have to figure out a whitetail, you can yep. take the season and try and deep dive on them and you have more time to play cat and mouse, but you can have yep. a whitetail school you in a spot that you know, that you think, you know, really yes. well. And that's, Absolutely. that is cool. I think because <clears throat> you're always learning more. And I feel like a whitetail now the terrain is challenging for the mule deer or high country mule deer, but I feel yeah. like a whitetail from what little experience I have mule deer hunting. I've been on two mule deer hunts, um, killed two mule deer. I feel like a whitetail lets you get away with less just because of where they live. You know they what I'm saying? They definitely experience more hunting pressure from humans. Yeah. Than a mule deer does. Um, I, like, I guess what I'm saying is, because of they live with us pretty much, we have yeah. to be for whitetails. You have to be a little more methodical, and little details can really screw you if you mess them up on a 40 acre piece. Versus when you know you could have a saddle and the bucks on the other side of the saddle, and it doesn't really matter for the most part the wind's doing on that side of the saddle or what rocks you tipped over on that side of this. I mean, once you get in, into the ballpark, yes, but right. if you're not thinking. If you're messing that stuff up on the way in on a flat 40, you're done before you even get into the hunt. Could happen, yeah, I, but a little more finicky with a whitetail situation. I think it's easier, way easier to bump a big whitetail off and co totally screw yourself. Um, I'd agree with that. I think yeah. if you say you've got to 
put a stock and kill a giant muley versus um, maybe like, okay, you've got to go in and, and, and like, like, like what would be harder to go in and kill a big mule deer on a stock or a big whitetail on a stock? Like, like who's more, who's more on edge 24 seven? I'm going with mule deer because more stuff is out there to kill them. They got to deal with lions, mm-hmm. bears, wolves, but here's the, here's the one cool thing with mule deer. If you bump them in the high country realistically they might move over a mile into an off another ridge line you go find them again and hunt them whereas a whitetail back here at home and this is kind of helping out your argument but it's the truth if i bump and blow a buck off and he stays on the neighbor for the next week in plain words i'm effed i mean mm-hmm. until he comes back over if i don't have permission if it's a public a private piece i'm in trouble you're out or of if game. i blow him off a of public you're out of the game so okay you know, so clint kinda, you- you just said something pretty interesting. It's worth a conversation. Say right now you and I are together and we're looking out and at 200 yards, there's a 170 inch muley bedded. Mm-hmm. And then 10 feet to the right, there's a 170 inch whitetail. And I know those inches don't always like compare even just right, right, hear right. me out. And they're both looking away from us and the wind's good. Yep. You think it'd be easier to kill the whitetail versus to kill the muley? In my opinion, you'll get away with way less with a mule deer. Get away with less. Yep. I don't have a ton of experience, but what little stocking experience I have and what I've experienced, and I, I might go on two more hunts and be like, oh, I was wrong when I said that. But as of yep. now, with the two mule deer bucks I've killed, and I've done several mule deer stocks, I feel like mule deer's reaction time is more lagged than a whitetail. I feel like if you make a noise or break a stick, a muley might like be like, what was that? Whereas a whitetail might be like out of there. That's my perspective though. Cause I've got close to some pretty pressured Oregon muleys and about pulled it off. Now I didn't pull it off. So how much validity does this topic have with me? Maybe none, but um, I got a lot closer um, and for how sloppy I was than I feel that I would have, if it would have been a big whitetail in the same situation. I think a lot of it's where they live too because you know there's such a vast landscape where a mule deer lives in the high country versus a whitetail it's very tight his home range his where he spends a lot of time is usually maybe 100 200 acres whereas a mule deer stretches a couple miles so i do think there's you know i do think you can get away with maybe like throw a stick or something but like the wind and things like that um me personally whitetails smell humans way more than a mule deer smells a human so like for me the big thing's the wind yeah sound eh, point. probably would have to side with you whitetails are more apt to freak about sound i i think than a mule deer in the high country but i base everything off of that wind and at any moment in time if that wind just for a split hair second is wrong and they catch a whiff of you because it's something that is so foreign to them up there it's over like Good not point. even a oh what was that it's it's over but let's say yeah. we're on an equal playing field i mean it's 50 50 because they're both freaking hard they both have a sixth yeah, sense right. they both can jump a string you know um I'm in love with the look of mule deer. I love the deep forks. Um, I love, you know, using it's hard not to like. Yeah, exactly. Now, now, I mean, 
I love white. I mean, I've got freaking 19 whitetails mounted. So obviously I love looking at them too. You know, I yeah. have just fallen. I think for me, it's a big combination of a lot of things that, you know, and it's, it's fresh, it's new. I've been doing this for 10, 12 years, whereas whitetails I've hunted my entire life. Um, mule deer, I feel like I am learning more each year, constant, 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 because it's still very new to me. Mm -hmm. you know, 20, 20 years from now, I might be like, eh, it's even, or you know what, maybe I changed my mind, but right now, oh yeah, like, I mean, I just, where, like I said, where they take you and, and the things I have to do to prepare for that, I'm in love with that as much as I am actually being out there, but then too, it's just, it's a, with whitetails, you are mainly, we are hunting a whitetail coming to us, which yeah. that's the best way to hunt I feel like, dude, I was born to stock. Like, that's just like, that is my jam. I love to look at a, okay, the buck's here, rocks are here. I'm coming down this chute. I'm dropping in. Like, I love that game plan of I'm taking the battle to you. Like, yeah, you're like, vetted. That's hard not to like, man. I get that. I, I just like that. If, if, if you could spot and stock Midwest whitetail successfully and, and, and the success rate was better to do that than it was to hunt out of blinds and stands, I would 100% be doing it. And I've tried to figure out how to do that. It's just, it's just not, it, it's just so, it's just so tough. Like you're, yeah. you're, it's gotta be the absolute most perfect scenario for that to take place. And how many times do you have that? I almost pulled it off last season. No, I remember that. I remember that. I talked and to you tonight. It was a buck that I, sh well, I don't want to say that I should have shot, but right. I, I, the deer I was hunting, I thought he was still alive, but turns right. out I think EHD got him. But anyway, I could, but it was one of those one in a million chances. And I oh. got up and I got to full draw and I could have cranked them and I didn't. But so, yes, I would have been thrilled with them, um, like a 150s buck. 10 but he lived i know he Ooh. lived from checking my cam so it was tough dude because and it was also one of those it was just weird like i so i i was floating in on my e-bike did i tell you this story i don't know if i ever told this yeah. story on a podcast or not i don't think if you told it on a podcast but, but i talked to you that night because you literally were like dude i almost pulled a spot in stock on a freaking a good one and you're, and you're telling me the story i'm like why didn't you kill that deer like i, I wanted you to kill that so I'll run through it quick without like dragging this out so we can get back to our debate. Um, I floated in. I call my e-bike my magic carpet, right? Like I'm a big, I, I love my e-bike. So I'm floating in and down in the grass, I see this buck stand up. I, he must have heard me, but I think there was a doe with him or something. Or maybe there wasn't. I don't know. I never saw her when I did the stock. So I floated in and I saw him stand up and kind of look, but like wasn't concerned. And he's just yeah. kind of standing there looking around. Well, I get up in my stand and from my stand, because I'm like, eh, I don't know. You gotta remember I was hunting a bigger deer and I was kind right. of well, yeah. right, right. At the time I was pretty cold blooded, but this buck is nice. And uh, I get up in my stand and I'm like, oh shit, I can see him from the tree. So I'm like watching him and he's still standing, then he beds back down. And I'm like, the wind is perfect, and there's a path mowed down the middle of that ravine up to the other path oh. where he's bedded by in grass. So it's like I'm below him, he's up here. Right. I'm down in a pinch. I stalked up this mode mode path to a corner that he was bedded in on the grass. And I get up to about where I thought he was. 
and I grab my loopholes and I'm glass and I'm like, he's got to be 40 yards from me. And I'm like glassing through and it's like, he's right in front of me. You know what I'm saying? And I'm like, Oh shit. He's like right here, right here. here. Yeah. So I like grunted and I see his ear flicker and I grunt again. Then he stood up and I'm like doing this, ah, man, should I? And then I just was like, just let it, let it go because I would, I was on that other buck. I thought I was going to kill him, but he ended up dying from, I think, EHD. But anyway, really close. Could have made it happen, but I did. What do you do? <laughs> Man, Sucks. that's tough. I, but he lived. I would have loved to. I, yeah, I would have had to have killed that deer just to be like, I'm your deer stalk that buck. Like that would have, that, I mean, that that would have been, that would have been tough for me not to kill that deer. But I get it though, because you're hunting bigger. I, I get it. Yeah. So anyway. Um, I, that's like a one in a million chance on a whitetail. I'm yeah, sure no, it is. several times a year, but for it is, and that's our terrain tough. not often. That's what I love about antelope, mule deer, elk, like Western big game is I love taking the hunt to them. And, and I'm, I feel like I'm in control and I get to make or break my destiny and see, I like that. Like, I mm-hmm. like that that the pressure is all on me. Um, it's not, I'm in a tree. Here's the buck. I hope he comes my way. No, like I'm going to you and I'm going to see if I can get within range, stick an arrow in you. Like I, I just, that's for me, that's the ultimate, like that stock is more fun than releasing an arrow for me. Like, that's just what gets me going. Like I, I love, I love that match, but I'm also the guy that hunts a specific whitetail and I love that. I love to play the chess match with one buck a year. And, you know, so like, so there's a side, you know, like, you know, I mean, it just, it just depends. But if I could take a big whitetail and hunt one specific whitetail every year and play spot and stock with him 24 seven. And that was like the best way to kill him. Mind you, I know it's not, but let's just say it was, it was every yeah. day I'm going in and I'm, I'm glassing and I'm making stocks. Yeah. Oh, this would be a lot harder to say, well, it's just mule deer for me to over white chip because I love that about mule deer. I love that game of letting one mm-hmm. bed, glassing them up, watch them all day, let your thermals rise afternoon comes and it's freaking here we go, dude. It's on. Yeah. It's on our, now it's time to execute the stock. Like you mm-hmm. waited all day for that. Here it, it is. is it's time. hard to argue like glassing up bucks is really fun. You don't always oh, get the opportunity so to do that when you're white tail hunting. It depends yeah. on your property and right. access right. and stuff. Right. But like it is cool to that's what's fun about western hunting of a lot of different types, antelope, muley, elk, whatever. It's like, yep. okay, there they are. Let's make our game plan. And then that's like yep. the fun part of the strategy. Now it's still whitetail strategy is more oh, still fun. I feel like it's a harder equation um, sometimes, mm-hmm. you know, but I feel like, like you said, you're waiting for them to come to you. I think my perspective is different. Once you're on a buck, you're trying to get in front of them. Same yeah. difference, yeah. but it's like, right. it's cooler right. to be like, I think he's going to do this exactly. Yeah. Trying to be a step ahead. Yeah. But two man, like my mule deer that we killed. And um, I say we killed, cause I considered that mine, yours and Devin's mule deer yeah. uh, in Wyoming we kind of threw some patterned whitetail strategy at oh, for, for sure. success for that hunt. So, I, I mean, kind of was the yeah. same concept, but we're, we're just on the ground, you know? So it's yeah. like, 
I, I think they're going to do this again. Let's be there for when they're there, you know? Yep. Yep. So oh, absolutely. I mean, and any smart bow hunter will take bits and pieces from both and put, I mean, Oh, I mean, I do that. You have to. Oh, I mean, I'll be elk hunting and take turkey hunting knowledge with me from back home to what I'm doing or implement it or vice versa or mule deers and what, you know, mule deer and whitetails. I mean, same thing. Yeah. I mean, to implement what you know versus what you think. And then, you know, uh, yeah, that's, that's a must. If you're not doing that, you know, you're, you're learning things and you're only using them in one application that can be used in multiple. I mean, there's no reason not to do that. So that's a yeah, good be point. Like an MMA fighter don't know how to box, but he ignores all his kickboxing. <laughs> right. Right. So, um, what are you doing? So strong debates here. I'm still team whitetail, but you're making me want to hunt mule deer more. Um, which I'm building points for, you know, like I, it's fun. It is great. But I think I like, that. I think it's hard to beat. Like, I love like the forks of a muley. I love the frame of a muley. There's something about them. Like long time, deep splits is awesome. But when you yep. get like a big typical 10 or a big heavy mass whitetail, mm-hmm. yeah, that's hard to beat, man. That's hard to so, beat. So I was, I was asked by a listener not that long ago. Are you taking your almost 170 inch eight that you killed last year, Clint? Or are you taking your 190 inch velvet mule deer? And immediately I was like, mule deer without a question. And he's like, what? He's like, that whitetail is more rare. And I said, you're right. There's way more 190 inch velvet mule deer out there than there is straight eights that are that big. I said, I'll agree with yeah. that 100%. I'll agree with that 100%. But for me, when I factor in that buck was killed at almost 14,000 feet, what I had to go through, just, just for, for me, the look, he's 34 or 33 inches on the inside, the look of that deer and velvet. Is that just, mount around somewhere? Or you have them down? No, see, I'm, I know. I'm at my mom and dad's um, because I'm still working on getting this barnuminium done, which who in today's world that's been a struggle that's been a struggle but yeah i mean he's on the wall just not here on this wall he's actually in a uh, in a room down at my grandma's i got about 30 mounts in a room right now <laughs> shout out to your grandma that's awesome shout out to my grandma she's watching the boys for me right now while i do this actually hopefully they, hopefully they don't get her tied up and they're pulling around by a rope or something they probably do at this point so it's like we got to be conscious of our time but they might. that is cool but you know it's cool that you have both you know but also like that hunt you almost died on that hunt. Like we we did an episode on that buck. Like mm-hmm. that adds in. That's what makes that hunt crazier. Now they all have yep. their good add-ins. Oh, and, sure. and the buck that we call the Geyer Buck Muleys or whatever we're calling it, that actually be out in Peterson's bow hunting magazine the next issue, which is here, damn here cool. like, probably like two or three weeks to something like that. Yeah. So look for that. Um, like that story added a lot to that oh. deer you know he's not the most massive mule deer but it's like the experience adds to that but also like yep. the same thing goes for like some whitetails you know um the story makes the deer and the story yeah. doesn't add to what's what you enjoy more muley or whitetail right. but um i just think it's hard to beat like your home court chasing whitetails the high pr- they're higher pressure now there's less people up there close to fourteen thousand feet trying to kill that muley uh which makes that way cool but uh, man, I just think like for if forever I had to pick one, 
I'm just, I'm going to stick with my whitetails if forever, you know? And I think the muley is what makes so special in my eyes is that you don't always get to do it all the time. So it's, it's such a big adventure when you get to go. Um, and maybe that's sweeter, but if you hunted the muleys like that, as much as you hunted whitetails in your life, do you think you'd have a flip flop opinion on it? I mean, I have at least one mule deer tag every single year. That's a high country hunt. No matter what I've done that for the last nine years. And I don't plan on ever not. I would rather have no whitetail tag than no mule deer tag. Hmm. Hundred percent question. Hundred percent. I would rather give up a year of chasing whitetails, and then for me to be like, "Well, sorry, buddy, you don't get to go chase mule deer in the high country." That's just, no, couldn't do it. Like, so I've, 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 you, I'll, do you I'll have an elk tag for this year? Or are you are you just mule deer hunting? I've got two mule deer tags and two elk tags. Where can you you want to say where you're going? Yeah, I got both in Colorado and both in Utah. For what? What for which? Colorado. I got a, I got a Colorado. I got a, or I got a Utah mule deer, early mule deer and elk tag. Um, and I've got a Colorado velvet buck tag and a good rut tag. So I got two September um, elk rut tags and I've got two early season velvet buck tags. So I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm stoked. I'm gonna be very, very busy uh, from about August 20th till about october 1st <laughs> yeah. a lot of nights on the mountain so are you gonna try and kill an elk or a muley like what's what's more important this i mean i'm assuming mule deer but for the sake of this year just in your mindset coming off some successful elk and mule deer hunts in the past um, where are you leaning oh i mean i definitely want to kill a buck in colorado um very steep rugged a lot of high country 13 14 000 foot peaks where i'm going going to be way back in there probably nine ten miles so i mean that's that's going to be my title fight and then i definitely want to kill a bull somewhere um so you know i would put mule deer first one of those but i would definitely love to kill a bull i mean you know i am i mean i'm wanting to go four for four i want to feel you know i mean cool you know whatever it takes to get those four filled is is what it's going to be but being realistic if i was to kill one and one um you know I'd be stoked with that. I mean, odds are less than 20% on every one of those tags. So, I mean, and that's just on any bull or any buck. You start throwing in a good bull or a good buck, you're probably less than 8 10% on any of those hunts. Yeah. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Well, I think you'll get it done one way or another. It's a lot of, uh, a lot of options, but I mean, no, I mean, I know you're going to put the time in, so it's like, but you that's can't, all you, you can do. Yeah. You, all you can do, you know, you can put your time in, you can't control right. your opportunity. Yep. You just got to hope. Sometimes you, can't. you just got to hope, uh, hope the opportunity comes, man. You get to bend the limbs back. And if you get to bend the limbs back, it's all on you from there, man. That's, that's what I love. That's the moment, you know? Mm -hmm. Exactly. Well, so Clint is mule deer. I'm whitetail, but don't get me wrong. Like I got points built up. Like I have, Oh yeah. I need to, I need to start thinking about cashing some mule deer points in. Yeah, you do. Um, I'm not this year because I drew an elk, the elk tag I wanted to draw. Right. Um, but I got to start thinking about that. Like I, I'm probably due to hunt muleys in Colorado. Oh, I don't know yeah. if I feel like going to 13,000 feet, but maybe that's what I got to do. I'll take, I'll take you. I'll take you, dad. Okay, son. It looks like uh, <laughs> I would go. I really would go. I oh mean, yeah. Well, I mean, look at, look at where I led you in Wyoming and that worked out great. So just follow me, dad. I know. I, I think that might be like that elevation 
might be grounds for like some specialized type breath training. I know you talked with Bo recently on CC Hunt Files. He got real sick from elevation, but he's a dude that spent some time in elevation and still got it, right? Oh, 100%. And that's that's why I wanted him to talk about it because that guy has spent probably close to as many nights on mountains as I have and probably almost as much time in Colorado high country as I have chasing elk um, around. Um, and if he's not, a, if he's not above tree line, he's right below. So he's eight to 10. So, I mean, you know, a lot of people think, oh, I've done this a couple of times. Like it there again, the mountain doesn't care. Altitude sickness doesn't care. Like he's in great shape. He goes out West all the time. And I mean, dude, it hit him and hit him hard. And I mean, it, you know, listen to the podcast on CC hunt files and we break it down, but just a, a recap. I mean, he was in a freaking hospital for days on end. I mean, you know, um, I forget how many it was now to be honest with you, but yeah, he was, he was in, in trouble. Had he not have left the mountain. Um, I mean, it, it could have been real bad if he would have been by himself and didn't have his camera guy with him. He was getting pretty delusional, not making smart choices, not knowing what he was doing. I mean, it, it, it could have very, very, very quickly been a life or death situation up there for him. Um, yeah. You know, so definitely, uh, you know, definitely something to think about. It's scary. I mean, I, you know, you feel that you run out of gas quick, you know, coming from the Midwest to some high elevation spots. But see, there's another reason why whitetail are cooler. You don't have to worry about elevation. <laughs> and see, I'm going to say there's another reason why mule deer are cooler because everything out there wants to I kill know. you. Mountain, mountain lions, wolves, bears, lightning. I like it. Yeah. I like it. I, I was cool on everything. Like, I, you know, we thought there, I thought there was a bear nosing around one night. Uh, yeah, but, I think, about that. but I think honestly, I wonder if some of that was because the day before I killed my buck, that's when I started feeling like a little loopy for uh, what, oh, yeah, what I thought was elevation. Yep. yep. And we, once we killed my buck, we put in a late night of pack out. Oh yeah. And I wonder if like a mix of the ele- like I, and I had very minimal elevation and I don't even, I think just elevation fatigue is what it was. I don't think it was elevation sickness or anything like that, but um, it makes you feel like a, a B for sure. But coming up, I wonder if like just being tired, recovering. And then, I mean, we packed till almost 2 AM, you know? So when we got back to tents, I wonder if I was just feeling like, well, one, I thought I was going to get back and fall asleep. Like, fall asleep fast from exhaustion. And I think I was still riding like, Oh, you were still riding high. Yeah. So I didn't really sleep at all. And then we got up the next morning and I'm like, Oh no, I don't even want to move around. (laughs) So packing packing down that day was rough on you. Oh yeah. Yeah. Cause I mean, it's almost, it almost would have just been better to just go ahead and head down the mountain that night in the dark. Yeah. Just while you're in it, you know, it's like going, muscles are warm still warm and you're like you had adrenaline going but oh yeah it was crazy that was crazy but i don't know i get it clint i i get your your points i feel like uh you started to persuade me on team mule deer and i made a weak argument for whitetails <laughs> but um uh, and everyone's probably going to go with you but if you've never killed or hunted muley in the high yeah. country you right. can't say you'd rather do it than yeah. whitetails because you'd go once and maybe be like ah kurt's probably right here i don't know but yeah it's not for everybody and like i said we and i'm guilty of this we romanticize those hunts to the point where it's this oh god this is this and don't get me wrong i love it but there are way more people that will love 
to hunt a big whitetail than who love to go chase a high country mule deer buck. Mm-hmm. Guaranteed. Guaranteed. So well, it's a it's a small percentage that have, I think, that passion and that love for what high country mule deer encompasses. There's a way larger percentage that are more in love with whitetails. And that's just yeah. brutal reality. Well, there's more, more people here. There's more whitetails. Oh, there's more spots to hunt. Sure. Um, sure. But, you know, that being said, like, you know, when you like, you see a mule deer on the other side of the mountain or even mm-hmm. other side of things, you see a whitetail running away from you and he's bouncing away and you're like, this feels impossible. It's pretty cool when you pull it off and you're like something that felt so impossible and you're able to get into certain range and put an arrow yep. through something and be successful. It's like, some, sometimes it seems so out of t- like first time antelope hunting first stock on an antelope and it's like you can get within 200 yards of the thing that's right. and you're like this is impossible yeah yeah but then you figure out how to get it done it's pretty damn cool it really is it really is so that's like i think that's that's what makes bow hunting so sweet in general whether or not whatever makeup debates you want to do on podcasts but it's like i remember that feeling man seeing muleys right there i'm like this is impossible Oh yeah. But it's pretty damn cool, you know? And I feel the same way yes. every year when I see a white tail run off. I'm like, man, just think like how many I've killed already is like, can you keep killing them, man? It seems impossible. Yeah. But then you always you stay after you can figure it out. It really is. That's what makes it fun. Yeah, for sure. Well, Clint, I think you probably won this debate um because you won me over and because I've done it though, <laughs> you know. It's like man, I'm good at this. I really wanted to have like a podcast series of like just making up BS debates that I don't fully believe in just for the sake of fun conversation. And apparently it's just not. Hey, I got a good one. Who has the better rut stash, Bo or Doug? I've already been asked this three times a day on Instagram. I've had people tag me in the episode. They're like, so if we had Bo in studio, I saw some can, him Doug, can him and Doug be in the same room? Like, is that two herd bulls? Like what's going to happen there? Like, do they collect like, what? I actually have a picture of Bo and Doug together, like with their, I think their cheeks are touching. <laughs> like, cause I was like, get together. Let's take a picture. Um, yeah. Bo has a man's man's mustache. Yeah. But Doug's has like some built in magical powers of prediction. And like, so, you know, on Chappelle show, he says like Prince has a purple aura. Yeah. Doug's mustache kind of carries like a purple aura. Yeah. Um, Bo has a great mustache, not taking anything away from him. Like it's better than most people's, but Doug's mustache is kind of its own entity. Magical. Whether, whether Doug's attached, you see, the mustache is not attached to Doug. Doug is attached Doug's to the mustache. Addition. I so like that. I like that's that. the difference between Doug's mustache and other people's. So there it is. That's what we got for you. It'd be a so. good debate. Team Bo, team Doug. I don't know if that's a debate. No disrespect to Bo. I love the guy. He's a great dude. But Doug's mustache is something special. It's a specimen. You know, Bo's going to have to start using his mustache to predict things and see if he's any good at it or not. Because Doug's stash, the the predictions, he's pretty good at that. Not bad. He's He's pretty good. He's not bad. So He's not. He's not. We'll see though. Maybe we need to get Bo in the working class bow hunter studio and sit them next to each other and just get one yeah, real tied up ca- camera angle. So both of our mustaches are in the same frame. Like we need one like of it. them, like where you see them. And then we need yep. like a camera each. That's just here. Yep. Just Steve Harvey angle. You know, I like it. Make it. <laughs> that's what we'll do. 
Um, like Clint, it. thanks for having this fun combo with me. Where can people find you? Uh, most people know, but if they don't know, where can they find you? Yeah. So, hey, go to uh, WCB, CC Hunt Files. Every week we're pumping one out. Wednesdays, um, Instagram, Casper Clint. Facebook, Clint Casper. Right full time over there at Peterson's Bow Hunting. Um, bunch of blog work all over the pay place. Shout out to Big Time. Do a bunch of stuff with them. Um, bunch of different companies, but that's kind of my home bases and whatnot. So that's kind of the best places to, I guess, keep track of what I'm into. I love it. Well, thanks, man. Yeah, you're a part of working class bow hunter. But uh, so everyone, thanks for watching, listening. Fun conversation with Clint Casper as always. Hope you like my hat if you're watching and my metal t-shirt i went i switched it up we're getting ready i'm going to start doing some fun themed video podcasts coming up so keep an eye out for that people have been mailing me acdc t-shirts because i know my dislike yeah. for acdc so i got some uh and i got a lot of other cool band shirts in the mix from like talking about music from listeners so start seeing some wild shirts from me here coming soon so everyone thanks you know what to do go shoot a giant we love you Through the Blackwater bayous and in the dark Louisiana night floats a duck camp, alive with the sounds of swamp pop and the smells of Cajun cooking. From the Mississippi Delta in Venice to the Cajun prairies of the Southwest, me and the Duck Camp Dinners crew will be hunting and eating it all. This is Duck Camp Dinner. Join me, Chef Jean-Paul Bourgeois, and the whole crew every Monday at 8 p.m. Eastern on Waypoint TV.